what we're going to do, we're going to cover the portion of Itro. We're going to do different blessing on different fruit. We have Prichadash, what we call Prichadash means new fruit. So you can do Shecheyanu. Those of you uh, who don't know, Debbie made one of the best jam made from Citrog, Etrog, that from Sukkot. Okay? Those of you who are very sterilic and OC about cleaning, don't worry. All been washed and clean and totally uh, amazingly good for you. Those of you who never ate Etrog before, that will be your first time, you can do Shecheyanu. We will take you through all the blessing of Tubishva tonight. So please wait for me, do not stop. But I also would like to tell you that we're going to share about Itro. And I want to start with the concept of Vaishma Itro. Itro heard. Itro heard. And there is a debate between the rabbi what he heard. Did he hear the splitting of the Red Sea? He heard the Matan Torah. He heard the defeating of the Amalek that we read about. What exactly Itro heard? What is Itro heard? And second question, why is the portion named after Itro? Why don't you call the portion Moses? Why you call it Itro? What's so special about Itro that the name of the portion is actually after him? And we need to understand what Rabbi Isaac Luria is sharing with us. When Itro meet Moshe Rabbeinu, he say, Ani necha Itro. I am your father-in-law Itro. Ani Itro, Aleph Yud. Achi, Achi meaning Hebrew. Achi, my brother. How can he call him his brother, he's his father-in-law? Because Itro was Cain. Moshe was Abel. <coughs> Cain and Abel become one now. They are becoming one. Why they kill each other? Why Cain kill his own brother? Everybody knows in the first human, they're born with their soulmate. You don't need to search for your soulmate. Mesh.com, I don't know, Jewish.com and all those things. You're born. It's a little bit off, I agree. Sister, <laughs> your soulmate is kind of... Abel was born with two soulmates, two sisters, came born with one. A little jealousy. Two brothers always get jealous from each other. He killed them. So Cain has to come back in another life. I'm going to give him a woman back. That's why he becomes his father-in-law. He gives him his tzipora, his back, so they close a circle. So then everybody is happy. What is the lesson for us? The way this universe operates is run by the boss. The boss is not you and me. There is something called the answer of the endless or the light or the bore or the creator or God, whatever you want to name it. This is an operation that how things are going to work and how things are going to go. doesn't matter how much you're going to do wrong and how much you're going to... Yeah, it's the wrong thing that you think you're doing that has a life of its own doesn't have a life of its own. Even the wrong thing that you want to do and the desire to do the wrong thing that you have in you is being basically told by the creator to send you an evil spirit to make you do the wrong thing and your job is to overcome it. Even the wrong thing was created by God. So what, what, is, what is actually happening here is exactly what the Talmud is telling us. The Talmud said, Barati Yetzirah, I create the evil inclination, the evil sign. Barati lo Torah Tavlin. I create Torah as a Tavlin. Tavlin means spice. Why? The Kerem Shlomo asks, why you call it spice? You should say, I create the evil spirit and I create a war against it, to go against it. Why is it Tavlin? Tavlin means spice. You put a spice and that's it. Because what is Yetzirah? What is the evil inclination? What is the evil side? What is the selfish side? What is the ego you have inside? 
That by itself, that force inside of you, is a force that God gave you to overcome it. It's not a bad by being bad. It's a bad to to cause you damage, to tempt, to make sure you tempted to do, do the wrong thing, inject lust into your mind, all kind of thing that make you crazy. That energy need to be shifted, not through psychologists and psychiatrists, because there are many people who change through psychologists. You know, intellectually, I want to get better. I want to forgive. I want to remove jealousy. Not good enough spiritually. You got to make sure that the Torah change you. If somebody, someone, a uh, psychologist make you overcome a certain area of your life that is stuck, not good enough. You got to get to a place where the Torah itself change you. And for that reason, we read what we read in portion of it, or what happened in a portion of it, or the entire parasha, Torah was given to us. The Torah was given to us. Before the Torah, it was nothing. And it's not just a story. I know a lot of people read the Bible and think, ah, nice story, it's a, it's a good story. And there is some section which is boring. There's some section which is more exciting. Ah, it's amazing. There's some story talk about how to sacrifice. Who need that? Who need that? Because it's not the Torah. It's not about story. The Torah is codes that break down the evil within me. What is the evil within me? How does it look like? The evil within me, first to capture me, to make me, capture me, to become a client of the evil, the first thing it does to your brain, it injects uncertainty about yourself, uncertainty about God, uncertainty about everything. Once you know you're suffering from uncertainty, it's because you've been attacked. That attack of uncertainty gives a cause to look for different answers. You no longer look for God. You no longer looking for honesty. You no longer look for. You start looking for wrong thing. So first he convince you that you're broken. Then he give you the cure for why you're broken. That's how the evil work. Almost like a drug dealer, right? Like drug dealer. First they feel your pain. So oh, I heard you. Your wife left you. Is everything okay? I heard she doesn't like it anymore. What happened? Like your friend. They say, well, I have a good drug for you if you want. He give you the problem and he give you the solution for the problem. So you can be addicted to it for the rest of your life. It said that the evil inclination run, when you're born, his fist is closed. And in the end of life, it does. <laughs> I had nothing. Your entire life, you're chasing the empty fist. Your entire life, you fool you. Where do we need to start? The first step is you have to feel chosen. You have to feel that you are... Uh, um, basically your self-worth has to go up. If your self-worth is down, and I, I want to I make sure to make distinguish between ego, having an ego, and a self-worth. Because people sometimes think it's the same. People who have ego doesn't mean they have a self-worth. They have ego because they have no self-worth. <laughs> have to show off because I don't have self-worth. Self-worth is, is an art. When you reach yourself that you are proud of yourself, when you are not proud in the ego way, proud of God created you, proud of the soul God put inside your body, wow, you're happy. Ego doesn't make you happy. Ego is insecurity in a different shape. So you gotta first, if you wanna kick a business, kick a relationship, kick a health, whatever habit that you wanna remove, first value yourself, understand who you are. And that's taking us to a very important story. And after we do the story, we're gonna do, start doing the blessing for to be sure. The story goes like that. When Moshe went up to uh, receive the Torah, the angel were there. 
Now, I don't need to tell you the size of an angel. Size of an angel, like the smallest angel, is from here to Santa Monica. Try to imagine a size like this. Come and, what are you doing here? Ben Isha. What is a human being doing in our property? You know, Moshe Rabbeinu, being Moses, being Moses, even if he was like giant sadiq, the, mo- the most human being can achieve, scared. More than one angel was on the group. And they come to attack him. God tell Moshe Rabbeinu, the Midrash said, don't be afraid. He said, I am. <laughs> Moshe Rabbeinu said, I'm sorry, but I am, my friend. He said, okay, echoz bekisei kavod. Hold the throne. There, there is a throne of God, the kisei kavod, the chair, the throne. It has four pillars that represent chesed vorat ifred malchut, based on Kabbalah. He said, just hold it and... And by you holding it, and I'm next to you, the angel will not touch you. The Midrash said, the story said, why couldn't God say, hey, back off, you little angel, shame on you. So the Magid of Duvna, Magid of Duvna explained it the best way. Magid of Duvna was a, a rabbi that tell every message with a story. He come up with a genius. He come up with story out of the box, and through that story, you can understand the Torah better. And the story is go like that. In one town, in one city, and I heard it from Rabbi Rosenblum from uh, Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim, wonderful speaker in uh, two years ago, three years ago, he gave that talk. And the Magid of Luvna, who lived 200 years ago, right like that. In the city, it was a very fancy city, very beautiful. It used to be a rabbi. That rabbi changed the whole town. He was a great rabbi. He wasn't just knowledgeable and smart and give lecture in the morning and the afternoon in the night. He was taking care of the women who want to get married. He taking care of the men who want to get married. He makes sure he understands big teacher, people about mikveh, about tzedakah, about everything. He teach, he, he help, he go from home to home, he help anybody. So he was knowledgeable, he was Talmud Chacham, he was teaching, but he was also likable by everybody in town. Everybody loved that rabbi. But age, eventually age coming to them, he can do what he used to do when he was 20. He's 75 years old. He called the community, the head of the community, and said, guys, um, you got to find younger men. I'm, I'm so sorry, but time passed, and I can't do a lot of the things. So what do you mean? So I can't. got to hire somebody younger. So they start looking for different rabbi. They bring to him different people, and he start teaching them. He found that young rabbi teach him so well. The, the young rabbi is happy, he is happy they found one Now I, I finished the job in the town, I can take a little break for my job. A different village, not far from the city. Village that people usually are from 67, 68, till 90, till they die. They, they leave the village, husband and wife, you know, few people, 50 people. So listen, we heard so much about you. We never had a rabbi in our little village. Do you mind come out of town? It's so easy, it's an easy job. Nobody... Nobody pray well, nobody do bikveh. And if you tell the, the same lesson of Torah, nobody will remember it by the morning, so you can tell it again at night. So you don't have to worry, we, we are simple people, we don't, it's the easiest. And we pay you well, we pay you 10,000 shekel every month. We we'll give you a home, everything, just, we need a rabbi. Once in our life, we will have a rabbi. So listen, I finished my job here, it sounds like a great idea. So when can you start? I said, listen, Tu Bishvat. It wasn't happening to Bishvat. It's Tu Bishvat. I will start the Tu Bishvat to my new job. It's okay. He's packing his stuff, you know, the thing, the thing fragile, the third boxes, you know. He's ready to go. Horses are ready. 
early morning, that was the night of Tuvishon, the next morning is about to leave. Suddenly he hears screaming out of his window, screaming, yelling. One is holding two by four from his own city. One is holding this. And he said that the uh, 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 horses from the other village arrived to take him, to take his boxes and everything. And the city people don't let him go. And he said, what is going on? I said, well, you think we're going to let you go? You go with them? You are our rabbi. I said, but I brought you a young rabbi. Come on, guys. I said, no, please don't fight. I mean, I'm done here. Now I, I'm, all, I'm getting old. I, I need to go to a different place. And no. So you look at somebody and you see one of the head of, of, of town, the head of the guy in the city. And he said, and what's going on? I say, if you really want to know the truth, I have to talk to you inside. So of course, please, let's go inside. So they're both going inside. They locked the door and said, what is going on? I teach you better than that to behave nice. So do what happened? I said, Rabbi, you want us to tell you the truth, what's going on? Confess? So of course. I say, it's a play. So what do you mean it's a play? We, we, we told by the young rabbi that we can't let you just go like that. It's not a kavod, it's not a respect for a rabbi who served us for 48 years here just to let him go. So the young rabbi say, all the city have to come and prevent you from going so we give you respect for what you did. Can you imagine if nobody will be here and the people just take you and we put the thing here and we go? Everybody's okay, like you, you, you were not even here. So the young rabbi love you so much, and he say, we're going to make a show, and we're going to do this. That's the truth. The rabbi was crying and said, I'm so appreciated that, that you do, even for men my age, it's really touched my heart. And I want to tell you, this is really unbelievable. Say the Magid of Duvna, the Magid of Duvna is the one who tells the story. So how is that connected to Moshe Rabbeinu with the story, with the thrones of the angels disturbing Moshe? The Torah is very holy in the eyes of the angel, in the eyes of God. If Moshe Rabbeinu just go up to the Torah, this week portion, and he say, hi, my name is Moshe, I'm here to pick up the Torah. I say, yeah, yeah, we, we just pack it for you. Send the boxes, pick it up and take No. To show Moshe Rabbeinu how respectful is the Torah, they make such a mess, the angel. We're going to kill you, we're going to crush you. And they had to do this game that God is protecting him behind the throne of God to make sure that the value of the Torah will go up. What is the lesson for us? And of course, when Moshe came down, he said, you have no idea what I went through. The whole angel were there, what they killed me and everything like this. So the Bnei Israel, the Israelites, look at the Torah and value the Torah. So, oh my God, that's the Torah that Moshe almost died for. We know we live in a generation that value of things disappear. Very difficult to value. You know, people don't value ring anymore. People don't value diamond. People don't value food. People don't value time. People don't value time. You're in a city. We are in a city. Those of you who live in LA. Time has not been valued enough in, in LA. You don't have the 15 minutes late program. You know, in, in New York, you have something called 15 minutes late. I don't know if you know what it is. If you live in New York, you can be late not more than 15 minutes, one five. Here, we have all the reason. There is traffic, there is rain. I didn't know how to drive. The driver in front of me, the stop sign. I didn't see it. I got a ticket. You got a thousand excuses why you're late all the time, right? Or why you don't show up. It's a normal thing. You know, when I moved to LA from New York, many years ago, first time I came to LA, I remember I had a meeting with the lady. Uh, and, and it was supposed to be at 8 p.m. And at uh, 8.20, she called me that she said she might be late. 8.20. So, so, and I remember my mentor at that time teach me not to judge. And he's next to me. I said, uh, 
Listen, I came from New York. I worked in New York for 12 years. Nobody, nobody ever called me after the time. To talk, I think it's, a, it's called an Hebrew chutzpah, audacity. <laughs> I mean, it's not a problem. In, in New York, you do like, if you're late, you call 740. And you say, listen, it, it doesn't look good. And you tell the person, it's very respectful. When you don't value time, then time is going away from your life. When you don't value your, the Torah, then Torah is going away from your life. When you don't value spirituality, spirituality is going out of life. When you don't value love, love is going away from your life. When you don't value yourself, expect people not to value you as well. All of that thing is value. If you don't have a self-value, or if you don't have value of things around you, it's only diminished. Things that exist because of their value. The only reason you enjoy seeing things around you is how much you value them. You know, if you remember, those of you who are old enough, you see the next generation, the younger generation, the only gift that they don't have in, our, in their days, they can't value things anymore. Can't value. People don't get excited when they buy a new phone. You look at the young generation, ah, oh, there's, there's this new phone coming, let me buy it. Or when you go to see a movie. Right now there's about, what, 2,000 uh, TV show? Right? What we grew up with, maybe one or two. You wait on Wednesday night. One show. One game, one show, go to sleep. You value activity together. You value. With the time, people have more. But having more doesn't mean you have more. You actually have less value to what you have. If you have less value to what you have, you're empty. You're empty. It's very sad time because we have more, but we can value it. You want any food, what type of food you want? Vegan, vegetarians, everything. Oh, we got it all. What do you want? It needs to be one restaurant in the United States vegan. One Hindu in somewhere in, uh, in New York, downtown. That's it. You want now Hindu? You press your, your little phone, you find it. The old days you have to drive. If you want to find a certain direction, it used to be, what is it called? MapQuest, if I'm not mistaken. What is it used to be called? Yeah. Map something? MapQuest? And you look with your paper, you have like a paper. If you have three meetings, you go and I don't remember which meeting was what. And you look in, is it turning right? Is it turning left? Is it? Today, boom, there, you got it all. We have everything. But it doesn't mean that the value go up, guys. The one thing make a human being happy is a value. If you able to keep value of thing in your life, you become a happy human being. When the value is gone, you become miserable human being. Unfortunately, we live in a time that you got it all. That's a punishment of this generation. You got it all. I give you everything, but I will not give you one thing, value. And that's why insecurity become high. That's why anxiety become high, suicidal become high, because people don't value themselves anymore. If you don't value time of other people, you're not going to value yourself. If you don't value love, you're not going to feel love. If you don't, you don't value things, it's good. What the gift of God to B'nai Israel, to the Israel, to Parashat Yitro, is value. God give us value. And when God give you value, you're, you're already blessed. If God give you value, now how do you get the value? You have to go through some problem. If your life goes smooth, you've been punished. If your life not go smooth, you've been blessed. I know you think the other way around. You think if everything goes perfect, I always tell my children, you can ask them, I say when everything is going well, somebody is fooling you. When something goes wrong, God is with you. And they look at me and say, why? We think the other way around. Because when something goes wrong, it makes you earn it. It makes you value it. You know, things don't work. And I don't know if you have one of those days, sometimes I have one of those days, that basically nothing works. 
Nothing, but I'm talking about like from A to Z, nothing worked. You park the car and you put the money in the wrong meter. I don't know if you know, some of the meters are back to back and one is to the car phone, one is the car back. I don't know if you know, you know, some of the area. And you're looking and you don't want to pay for both. You want to pay for one and you take the wrong one. And then you come back, you got a ticket. When you get a ticket, you get another ticket because you turned the wrong turn. And you get a ticket a day, then you get a flat tire. And on the way to buy your onion, you actually bought potato, which actually you took the bag of somebody else and it was orange. And you have no idea how, what, what is the end of this day? Make you value. Next time you look for the thing, you look, this is my bag. Where am I parking? Everything is a value. You value thing. You can't value thing if it's going right. It can value. So those of you who are looking for a perfect life, be careful. You're going to get what you wish for and then you're going to run on empty. When you look for something that you earn, everything that you have will have a value. I want now to give a short lecture on Tubishvat, even I want to talk more about it, but we continue after that. We know that Tubishvat is that it's called in the, in the Talmud, Rosh Hashanah La'ilan. There is four Rosh Hashanah, four times you place it on Hashanah. Okay? There is Machloket, there is an argument of what is Rosh Hashanah for human. Some say Rosh Hashanah, some say Nisan. But we know Rosh Hashanah is usually in the month of Tishrei, the seventh month of the Hebrew month. And Tubishvat, everybody agrees, the Chag La'ilan. Holiday of the tree. Not trees, tree. And Baruch Hashem, as you can see, we have a fireplace that we're burning some old tree. Okay, so we, we, this tree is sitting here. I mean, I'm telling you, it's already almost one year. I didn't even know why it's here. And tonight, Baruch Hashem, thank God to Rob, and it was able to, to put some of them and, and put some fire. So we're getting the benefit of burning the old wood, which is connected to the tree. So thank you, Rob. And the idea is we're going to eat different fruit. We're going to eat different, uh, different cake. And the purpose is why? The Ilan we're talking about is called Ilan of Etzachayim, tree of life. It was one tree that was not poisoned by the snake. One tree called tree of life. There is tree of knowledge. It was poisoned to, for, with the snake, the serpent. And you have the tree of life. The tree of life consciousness is appearing tonight. It's appearing tonight. What do, you, what do you do with tree of life? What is it? Tree of life meaning you're tapping into places that there is no bed. I'm not talking about no bed in physicality. No bed in your consciousness, in your awareness. That you can feel actually the creator exists everywhere. Everywhere you go, there is a creator. Now, when we do blessing on the fruit, and tonight we have specifically, Debbie made us a jam from the etrog that we use for Sukkot, Baruch Hashem, so it's have all the meditation in it, every single meditation in it. Debbie, thank you, Debbie. And when we do blessing on that, and then we do Shechiyano, I will help you with the Barachot, <coughs> you will start elevating yourself from one level to another. Now there is different type of fruit in life. There is fruit with a pit inside. There is fruit that you have to peel. Different human being. Some human being, the internal is so soft and nice and warm, but the outside is like, ah. Some people, you know, the outside is so sweet, but the inner is like hard. Every person is different. We have different personality to different things. But the most important way to bless is the seven food that Israel was blessed with, which is wheat and barley, which we're going to do through the cake. Okay? Geffen, raisin, and, 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 and grapes. Okay? Raisin and grapes. Fig, pomegranate, olive, olive, and dates. 
So we go in by that order. And when we do that blessing, we are tapping into a different consciousness. Now, the great things about it, also you can include other people that are not here. If you know people who are not here, that need an elevation this year, they stay stuck. I don't know if you ever get stuck in your life, God forbid. When you're stuck, I'm not talking about stuck like, stuck that you are confused. Stuck when you try everything, it's just not going. Ever happened to you that you try? It's not going. You try to negotiate the deal, it looks like it's closing it, don't going. Negotiating a wedding, not going. Negotiating a healthy, not going. It's just not, not, it's not going anywhere. It's just stuck. When you tap into the Esachayim, when you tap into the tree of life, there is a place that there's no limitation. There is a place that everything is just going right. We want to tap to that place called Etzachayim. Ilan of Etzachayim. When we tap to that, you are renewing yourself. What is a tree? A tree is a beautiful thing. It's a about a human being. Ki adam A human being is like Etzachayim. It's like a tree. Like a tree. What is the special about the tree? The tree grow always against the earth, which is gravity. It's proud to say, I'm leaving gravity and I'm going against my nature to go down. Everything about the tree is going against gravity. Gravity means selfishness. The earth represents taking. The tree going against the earth is reaching the sky, reaching heaven, the end self, the endless, the light. When I reach where the blessing comes from. The land itself is the receiving. So basically, what does the seed need? Water, which is chasadim, which is giving, which is sharing, right column energy. Earth, left column energy, what's the result of the right and left center? center uh, right and left, center column energy, the green. For that reason, if you study about the chakra, the green color is actually the center column. It's the heart, stiff air. Is to teach you that you build from red and white. Red is the ground, right is the water. You build the center column, which is the tree, which is elevating you all the way up. But tonight you gotta leave some of the shtick. You wanna show the shtick like the nonsense, you gotta let it go. Once you let it go, everything is open up. The Zohar in this week parasha talk about two aspects. We know there is ten commandments. Or ten saying, or ten utterances, or ten suggest, whatever you want to translate it like. And within the Ten Commandments, there is a concept of not to worship other God. The Zohar going very far with that, surprisingly very far. I can tell you what Pasuk in Pasuk 434. The Zohar said you should not bow to other God. Mean you should not follow the wrong woman. What about women not following the wrong men? I'd say this whole section, when you are following the wrong women, you are worship other God. And Rabbi Shimon, I say it. It's not like any uh, Rabbi Shimon. You want to know what idol look like? Wrong women. What is wrong women? The Zohar asks. What is a wrong woman? And the Zohar continues. It's a long section. The Zohar said, when that woman, when that woman believe, believe, really, and be, everything is random. When you meet a woman, they say, eh, it happened by coincidence, eh, it happened by coincidence. Then, uh, for a man, stay away from that woman. If a woman don't believe in cause and effect in everything, 
that woman is considered idol. And when a man follows that idol, is considered a following idol worshiping. Why does it say when a woman follows the wrong man? It's a weird thing. The whole section of Rabbi Shimon Baruchai is talking about don't bow to the wrong God, is don't follow the wrong woman. Why? There is good woman and bad woman. Why does it say there is a good man and bad man? There's many bad men out there killing each other, bringing problems, and all this and that. It's a shocking concept by Rabbi Shimon Baruchai himself that that's what effect. Another section that I have to ask you. In the Mishnah, in Perkei Avot, it says, Do not talk too, too much for women. Men, you want to know how to become spiritual? Don't talk to women. So when you are in a modern generation, you start thinking maybe it's a, it was a primitive book, because those books are still correct about what they didn't discover yet today. But when you look deep into the concept, who is a better listening, a man or a woman? What do you think? Women. Women. Men are terrible listening. I'm sorry for all the men. I'm not here to insult you. Women just, they know how to receive the words. They listen. They're very good. Men are not, men get to the point. It's getting, get to the point. You ever see a, a husband and wife, when the wife comes to tell him about, listen, I met this girlfriend of mine in the marketplace, and uh, I don't know what to do. So men look at her and say, can you get to the point? What's the problem so I can solve it? And the woman say, I'm not talking about solving it. I'm talking about talking about it. You see, sometimes women in, in uh, I, was, I don't know if you ever go to Real Food Daily, it's a vegan place, and women in the afternoon time, there's a lot of women, very hard to get a table on Sunday. So everybody packed there, and they're sitting and they talk. And sometimes when you want to come here, with your little sandwich you sit on the bar there you can have a sandwich and you hear the conversation it's like I've been with a guy there and he, he, he look at me and says Liao where is it going? Said, I'm not asking I'm not asking and I don't want to know he said where is this conversation ever going to end? he said no it's a talk so what do you mean it's a talk it's just a talk I say I want to go there he had a fight with his wife today he said I want to go there and tell them to stop to stop with that talk. See, he can't. This is, and I, I sent him a video on YouTube. You all, you all should watch it. It's a funny video. It's called, it's all about, it's, it's not about the nail. You ever saw this video from YouTube? It's when a man and a woman start to date and the woman, the, the woman has a nail attached to her forehead. You ever saw this video? And he said, honey, uh, lately, I, I don't I have that. I have this little pain above my eyes. So the husband say, oh, yeah, you, you, you have... He says, stop! stop, stop. I'm, just, I'm just trying to tell you that there's a nail like, right there. I mean, and he can't help himself. They show you the difference between what a man want to solve the situation when a woman want to talk about the situation and a man can't stand it. So a woman listening better. They just listen for the sake of listening. When the Mishnah says, do not talk too long to a woman, it tells the women, if you start listening to a man, when a man make love to a woman, or when a man talk to a woman, the Mishnah look at it in the same way. Do you understand how far it goes? When a man talk to a woman, and when a man make love to a woman, it influences her brain without even she know that. 
you can listen to every man because the, the words of the man entering your brain and it mess with you. And then when you go home, it's a, it's, a, it's a lot of problem happening to you. The manipulation of the word. So when the Mishnah say, Al Maisha, it said to the man, it's for the man, do not talk too long to a woman because it's almost like making, making love. You're affecting her. How is this connect to this week, Pasha? How is this connect to the idea when you are following the wrong woman who doesn't believe in the creator, doesn't believe in cause and effect, doesn't believe in anything, it's almost like you, you follow other God. Why would Rabbi Shimon himself will tell us that? Because our universe, as much as we want to believe operated by men, is operated by the woman according to the Zohar. I know it doesn't sound very uh, man-friendly, you know, but the Zohar explained that the man who doesn't have a woman on his side is considered dead, considered not alive. It's like done, gone. If he doesn't have a wife or a mother or a sister or a daughter, he's dead. It's like it's never been exist. Because the woman bring him into manifestation. The woman actually bring him into the next level. Without a woman, is basically not exist. He's not even here. This is, this is a very important concept to remember that. It's about, I'm not talking about the dating and the sex and the good talking, blah, blah, blah. I'm talking about the energy between those two forces. When a man follow a woman, who believe in herself more than she believe in a higher force. Believe in herself more than she believe in sharing. Believe in herself more than she believe in a cause and effect. That woman become an idol itself and he start to worship her. He worship her more than he worship what? God. This is considered idol worshiping. And for the woman point of view, if you are a woman and you've been treated by men like you are the most beautiful and the smartest and everybody start to give you compliments just about you, just be careful. Don't say it's not true. Say, thank you, it's true. It's a gift that God gave me. Thank you, my wisdom is what God gave me. Because women, as Malchut, sometimes tend because they need attention. They need their, like, flower. They need always to hear compliment, like all human beings, especially women. Okay? Women need to be treated nice, to be cheered. When a woman here, somebody is get, giving her a lot of good words, stop and remember where it's come from. Because if you're not going to remember where it's come from, and you're not going to speak about where it's come from, it's almost like you're making him follow an idol. It's not you. He follows the image of you, not the internal force of you. For that reason, on Shabbat, on Friday night, when we seek Eshet Chayil, okay, from King Solomon, what is a woman of valor, woman of truth, woman of real beauty, is a woman that recognizes in every minute of her life, that whatever good I have in my life is an act of God. She brings God to every moment. So when the man gives her attention, she says, I'm sure God sent that man to give me attention. She doesn't look the man is a separation entity from God. And for that reason, for that reason, she's no longer an idol. So the Rabbi Shimon say, be careful for a man. He said to the man, be careful not to follow the wrong woman, not to follow the wrong one. Now, last thing, why does it say for the women, not for the right, the wrong man. Man can be abusive, man can be bad. Man, can, man is not a complicated machine because man doesn't have, doesn't have within him a receiving force. Man build plus, meaning the force of giving. Woman build the force of receiving. So when the force of receiving starts to be wrong, if a man gets closer to it, he gets swallowed into that negativity. When a woman follow a man, he cannot receive her. He cannot receive. His energy is give. So even if you follow him, it will not affect her as bad as it affects men when you follow a woman.
And it's not from a point of who's better and who's worse. It's just the energy of things. Plus and minus work differently, not better, not worse. And for that reason, the Zohar tried to teach us this week portion and the Ten Commandments. When they say other God, other God means other women. So those of you who are of Mary, you know, stick to your wife. Those of you who have girlfriend, stick to your girlfriend. And learn to do that. If you're not in a committed relationship and you don't do, know how to be exclusive with one person, it's because you follow idol, you not follow women. You think it's women. But those women might be even demons that in the shape of a woman, that fool you. You're just stupid. You go after your temptation and then you fall into the demon's world. You don't even know what they do to you. They've taken away your money, your health, everything away from you. But when you learn to develop a true relationship with a woman who connects to the Creator, connect to God, then you truly connect to Lotish Tachavele Lokibacherim. Do not bow to other God. That's what Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai says in this Zohar. I want to tell you first, thank you for coming on Sunday in uh, such a short notice. And thank you for the Tubishvat. And thank you again for Yosef and Faye and her family uh, for the food and, and, and food that you brought to us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.